Another riveting, never-ending adventure. I'm your host, DJ Netty P, and this is my co-host, Russell Tendall. Co-host <laughs> Ned. We're both co-hosts. <laughs> we're both. We're both I, I'm the main host, and this is my. He's the main host, <laughs> and I'm the lackey. And I'm the lackey. I'm babyface. <laughs> babyface. Start out the new oh, year. New yeah. year, babyface. Remember face. that character? Yeah, that character is coming back in 2023 in a big way. We're gonna do every episode. I think. I think I might just do every episode as babyface from here on out. God, I'd murder you very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody would stop listening. That's fine. Well, welcome to the Never Ending Adventure Adventure Time thing that we're doing, season four. <laughs> that thing. Episode three, Web Weirdos. We're gonna. Yeah. Get deeper into the season. I, we've already had one really good episode, one interesting choice of yeah, an episode. Grables, Grables is an interesting choice for episode two of a whole season. I would have I saved so. that for the end myself, like personally. Yeah, in somewhere, this one, somewhere in the middle, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. This one, this one actually, in my opinion, it does a really good balance of what we've seen from all the seasons. Um, it has a really good balance of deep, deeper, like, concepts, this whole, like, relationship between Ed and Barb themselves, while also still having that fun adventure time, Finn and Jake just goofing around mentality that, uh, that I think a lot of, like, season one and two had. I, I totally agree. I was curious if, do you have a a Jake mistake in this episode? That's kind of the first (laughs) thing that I thought I was like, there yeah. is arguably a Jake mistake, but I was like, you know, I think it's so intentional that I'm not going to say it's a Jake mistake personally. Yeah, I, I, that was one of my main points. Is like, so at the beginning of the episode, they're parkouring around and they get stuck in the web, or Jake is the first one to get stuck in the web. Yep. And Finn actually does straight up ask Jake, can't your stretchy powers get us out of here? Yeah. And he just moves around and he's like, nope, I can't do it. But we've seen him be able to like grow extra arms out of himself. We've been able yeah. to see him. I would like imagine he could break stretch. out of someone's clutches or, or raise something up by stretching. He, it's a it's a powerful stretch. How yeah, strong is this spider web? Basically? Bare, bare minimum too. I mean, I did look up, I've got some spider facts for us later. So I do spider have a, facts. Fun, oh, do have a fun spider fact that could factor into this. But that's great. at the other side of the, not just bes- <laughs> like besides being able to like reach out arms and go grab something sharp, he could probably molecularize, stretch his atoms to like so far to a point where it's actually like something sharp. If you can imagine that. Okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Into like a, a sword. Yeah. Because uh, like if yeah, you could stretch yourself flat and so flat to where it would just be sharp, he could have yeah, easily just like... Create a wedge, a sharp wedge within his arm or something. Yeah. And if he no. can grow his liver 51 times the size, I think he could have just oh, grown 51 times the size. I I do love that this episode though starts out with... Just like them parkouring in the woods, just doing stunts, as they say. Yeah. And Finn, we see him not really keeping up with Jake at all. And he doesn't look nearly as nimble as he normally is. He's like, 
Yeah. Or agile, I guess, as he normally is, right? He's he's kind of just like us. He's being way too relatable for when we saw parkouring back in whenever parkouring was cool. Uh, if it ever was actually cool, I don't know. And giving it <laughs> a go. And just, we were like, this is so much worse. I remember in college, I came up with something called sub parkour, which was sub basically parkour. what Finn does, right? It's just like subpar. It's not very good. It's basically... I think parkour is what going from point A to point B in the most creative way possible. Mm-hmm. And sub parkour is going from point A to point B in a slightly less convenient way possible. <laughs> slightly less convenient. <laughs> I'm going to walk through the grass. Yeah, I'm going to go over this fence, even though I could just walk around it right there. So that sort of a thing. <laughs> no, but it's a great way to that for the episode to start for sure. It kind of just yeah. reminds you that they, how they adventure and how they, it's, it's that good, like, bro vibe moment um it is yeah i love i love thinking that they're just hanging out in the woods like doing parkour that's that's fun um i I do see what you said though because when when you brought up jake mistakes and you were like but i kind of think it's intentional i do think that this was jake giving finn like kind of what we've talked about in the past is like jake giving finn the opportunity for this to be his adventure or something yeah Yeah, because jake straight up says I'm going to take a nap while you grow out your fingernails, which, and then he closes his eyes, which obviously Finn's not going to grow out his fingernails. They're going to die before that happens. Yeah. But, well, at the same time, too, um, going into the rest of the episode with Jake letting Finn take the lead is that this spider needs relationship advice. And Jake's the one that traditionally always gives Finn relationship advice and is the knowledgeable one in those circumstances. And, Real the only thing bad. Jake does yeah. is uh, whisper in his ear, like one time when he. Well, he tells him to, you know, tell the spider to go get a gift for his exactly. significant other, essentially, at that moment. But I don't know, man. I, I think Jake's totally just thinking, ah, who cares? Spider, like, we'll be fine. Let's, we'll get out of this. I'm not worried about it. Kind of a throwaway. Like you said, let, let Finn have his adventure and let me just hang out. But it did just, I mean, I'm not a big spider fan, personally. Uh, yeah. I come from a family of bug killers or, or bug men, people that own the pest control company. <laughs> bug exterminators. Get to the insecticide. And so insecticide. I did that several summers growing up, right? I was working in pest control. But spiders always have been something, something about them, something about how they just sneak up out of nowhere. They're just... You're doing your business, you're hanging out, and then you look up and right in front of you is a spider crawling on your wall. And you're just, how, why? How did that get there? Why is that there? Mm-hmm. This is my home. Get out of my house. Though, you know, we are in there, you know, and the nature that we took over. But um, Hey, that, so them, I, spider, I, them spiders don't pay my mortgage. No, they, they don't. They don't deserve yeah, to definitely. be in my house. Wait, come on. They got to pay us rent for sure if they're going <laughs> to be here. Uh, but I was just curious if you had any... I mean, at least in cinematic or other TV shows, like, are there, is there any other spiders that have stuck out to you throughout your lifetime? I, I mean, certainly can think of Harry Potter as a whole scene with spiders. And yeah, I, w- I would say Harry Potter was not as like influential. No, like they're yeah. freaky, but it's not that bad. I think in terms of like freak out, and you know, probably more than. Most people like being like, this is why I don't like spiders is the two towers, I think. Lord of the Rings, two towers when they go to Return Shelob's of the Lair. 
Maybe yes. Oh, I guess I was yeah. About end, that same thing. Yeah. End of the two towers begin beginning of Return of the King is when they're in Shelob's lair, and it's like, and uh, I was about to say Finn Frodo gets Frodo. wrapped up. Um, <laughs> he gets the freaking fang through the the gut, and yes. he's like just pale green and like slimy, and like that one oh, yeah, definitely man. hits the ick factor. With That's what I wrote down too. That sticks out to me like a sore thumb. Like that scene mm-hmm. as a kid freaked me out because that spider just sneaks up on Frodo from behind and then knocks him out. You know, and I think isn't that that's after Gollum like had tripped them to go into Shelob's lair. Like that was yeah, Gollum's it was the plan, the say. only way around um, the city of the Nazgul was to go through yeah. that path. Jeez, well. That's that's what I was going to bring up too, man. That's the one that sticks out to me from being a I'm child and watching movies. I, well, I say we, except for maybe some odd shows out there, a lot of I think our movie watching childhoods very much align. Yeah, well, that's fair. But uh, yeah, we get we get big spiders in this one. It's just big spider episode. I I don't I didn't want to like it. I enjoy this episode and. Just the the spiders are just gross, man. There's that scene yeah, at the, the end just freaks me out. Yeah, the birth scene at the end is dis- I think it's purposefully supposed to be disgusting because oh, yeah. Jake's also like, or Finn's like, I'm not supposed to be, or he's like, what is this? And Jake goes, we're not something we're not supposed to see. No, uh, yeah, which I thought was so funny. Well, my most punchable character of this episode is the animators for the way that they animated. Yeah, well, and I just the hated butt exploding. They're, they're, Seventh and eighth legs were just hands that didn't touch the ground. That was a weird oh, choice yeah. to me. That is a little. And then weird. their faces are just like concaved, like flat things, like with this bulbousness around the face. And I was like, that even kind of looks just weird. It looks like something peeking out <laughs> of an anus. Like it oh, looks man. gross. There's a lot of like butt jokes and stuff. I mean, the way they spin webs, they keep saying, well, they have a whole, if, if we're going to get into the relationship of the two spiders at all, which is kind of the entire point of this episode, but it starts out with them kind of bickering and the lady spider, Barb, um, basically being like, well, you think my, the way I spin webs is gross or, or like you're, you're going to judge me. I, I guess it's almost like, because he even says, Ed says that she's never done it in front of them. So maybe she just has this feeling, this vibe of like, you're just going to judge me for doing that. Like, Yeah, there's, well, I the reason why this episode, especially after taking notes and thinking about it more deeply is good, is that they do a lot of relationship nuances of like in long-term relationships, how do people begin behaving yeah. and things like that. And I think the web spinning one is very paralleled to like when you live with somebody, when you get married to somebody, like you inevitably have to fart in front of each other and you inevitably have to like take just like massive shits in front of each other. Not in front of each other, but like you got to blow up the bathroom every once in a while. And watch me poop. Yeah. (laughs) Watch me poop. But I, they also we all uh, do that. fun fun factoid is that they did actually change the sound after this episode first aired because okay. apparently this web spinning sounded more like a bowel movement is how they put it uh, discreetly. Mm. Um, but well, they changed it to make it sound a little bit more like gloopy and I think a little less poopy. 
Ed's Ed's just insensitive, right? Ed the spider. He, mm-hmm. he says it's not gross when guys do it, which I guess is that whole like girls don't fart kind of uh, thing from our childhood. Which, or yeah, like I'll like rip one in every five seconds, but then as soon as a girl farts, I'm going to be like, oh, that's disgusting. That's so gross. Like, yeah. Yeah. But as you mentioned, you know, you said Jake has the good advice. Right after that, Finn, in my opinion, says maybe the best advice other than what my lovely says throughout the whole episodes. Um, but Finn says, you got to think about what you say and how it affects your lady. Like, you got to think about, like, our words have, uh, they can cut pretty deep. And especially if you're saying it's this long-term relationship, y'all have been bickering for a long time, or maybe the love that y'all once felt isn't fully there right at that moment. You know, like, saying stuff like, it's not gross when guys do it. It's just insensitive, right? Yeah. No, it's, it's um, well, Ed is like the, the, the whole relationship itself between Ed and Barb is like toxicity on both sides. Ed is half simp and then half just like the most insensitive person ever. Um, so as soon yeah. as he feels like he's getting, he feels like he's getting hurt, he goes into defense mode and he's just like, well, I bring the food in and I'm going to let our food go. What are you going to eat now, bitch? Like, yeah. you know, he does that kind of stuff, which is like the worst kind of guy to be with. And then Barb is not the worst, except for the fact that when he does, he does put himself out there with the sword. He brings her the sword. And even when he picked it up, he was like, we can hang it over the mantle. We can cuddle in front of the fire. That's where yeah, his he mind good was intentions. the whole time. Totally. And obviously she is not giving him opportunities to be sensitive. Um, and I also think that that's a toxic trait is like being like, well, you didn't read my mind perfectly. You didn't yeah. do exactly what I wanted. You didn't ex- behave or say the right thing exactly how I wanted it. And thus I'll just be mad. And then that, that in turn makes Ed mad again. I mean, and then, so he Ed's starts getting defensive. Yeah, as he's going out to get the sword, right? He says, we never talk. Like, he's like complaining to himself, I think. And he says, we never talk. And she treats me like a dingus. And it just feels like this, like a lack of communication that occurs in a long-term relationship. And then two people that are kind of just taking each other for granted, right? Which is probably, yeah. which is which is so easy to do in relationships. It's really easy to take each other for granted. Those like quick whips, that maybe she's doing or he's doing or making fun of each other, which can come off as flirty, right? If done like in the right intention, like with your heart, where you're just kind of like poking fun, but like you mean the best, like you only think the best of this person. But when you're not like in love or whatever, doing it with love and you're like quick whipping about someone all the time, like those habits can just like plant that like naggy or whatever it is seed and their head that just builds and you just get really annoyed about just like, you know, basically like you think I'm a dingus or like whatever, stuff like that, you know, like it just builds up over time. And I think that's what happened here, right? And they're trying to find how they can like connect. And it's kind of weird because they they connect or like all their problems are solved because they had kids. And I'm like, man, that's, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't love that. No, and I, I don't think, I mean, maybe we're getting all into our like super deepness of this episode early on, but I don't yeah, think that the writers were saying that that was the answer to that problem. I think the writers were taking a jab at unhealthy relationships and just like when the two flies fly away, 
they're like, just break up, man. Do it for you. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, you know, had they not been married, that probably should have been a solution. It's like you, everybody else in the world sees your red flags except for you guys. And you need somebody to be like, it. there's just too much, just break up. Now they're married though. And so like, that's where I come in and say like, no, like that's not the answer. And same to them. And then I think that the writers are jabbing at, they had kids, so all their problems are solved. And that's how, so just like a joke at how much like the world thinks about that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, I get that totally. It's funny that you mentioned that the bug as they were flying away and he's just, they just break up. The the brown bug is my lovely of this episode, without a doubt. Uh, the, is it with the, I, I, I had that same lovely. It was the purple bug though. The one that the gets bug? spit out and flies back into the web. Was it purple or was it brown? I think it was purple. Purple-ish. Okay. A, well, weird, a weird purple hue. The bud that wasn't the fly, right? The one that didn't look like a fly yeah. necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like a beetle when he's, almost. That, that bug also says, it's hard to step outside of yourself when you are enmeshed with another being. Like, I love that. I don't know. There's something about just this terrible bug that gives, like, not terrible in any way other than the fact that it's a bug, but not his <laughs> fault. Can't help that he's not his fault. <laughs> but no, he just gives great advice and he says funny things. And then when Finn spits him out, you know, after fake eating him to earn the trust of Ed, he flies out and comes right back into the web. And you're just like, gosh, dude, like you had it. You were free. You were gonna escape from the spiders, and you know. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, the the weird little sub fly story going on like Finn and Jake in the web again we have this adventure time episode where there's kind of two pseudo stories one is Ed and Barb in the relationship and one is Finn and Jake in the flies trying to get out of the web but it's interesting because it's happening at the same time like usually we have two separate adventures occurring this is like you're saying for sure two separate stories but I love how they're interplayed throughout this whole this whole episode well, and the and the big thing with the flies is that they keep harping on it's the circle of life, um, yeah. Which I think is is a really cool tie back into the episode that we have the birth of all these spiders and then contemplation of death, um, and and that is like the full circle of life. And Finn goes, "Hey, that seems like just a line, you know." Um, and I think that's a funny Finn line too, because it's like Finn not quite grasping. You know, it kind of exactly what Jake was getting at in The New Frontier is kind of the embracing of the death and embracing that this is a, you know, inevitable thing that's going to happen and it's just part of life and how Finn is like so against, even even when Finn is like putting efforts out there to make sure this fly doesn't die, you know, like that's yeah. <laughs> like... He almost doesn't want to embrace his own mortality, even through the eyes of watching a spider eat a fly, which is like the most mundane, like natural oh, yeah, nature totally. thing ever. Or a um, spider eat another spider, which occurs all the time in nature, where the exactly. female spider consumes the male spider after, uh, I, I guess, during nutrition or whatever. Yeah. Like they're mating, yeah. and the spider, the female spider will eat the male spider like while they're getting it on. Relatable. <laughs> Relatable, Relatable, you know, just like humans, man. Just like humans consuming each other. I don't know. That's gross. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> You're getting into some uh, less than PG-13 topics no, here. I don't know, man. The, the two bugs are great. They do certainly in that first moment when they're trapped in the web and they're just like totally, as you're saying, accepting of the fact that they're going to get eaten and it's a circle of life and all that. But they still scream as soon as the spiders come back. Like, exactly. Even though death exactly. is coming, they are still very afraid of like giving into that. Yeah. Truly, yeah. That were they the, like... That was the opposite of Jake and the New Frontier, which I didn't think it's it why it was it wasn't a perfect parallel to that episode. But they're like, mm-hmm. just embrace it, man. It's inevitable. It's the circle of life. And then the spider comes and they start freaking out and they want to escape. And um, it's kind of I'd say that's more of the natural human reaction of being like, I'm okay, like I I'm cool. I'm I will die one day. And then when you're faced with death, you're like, no, 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 no. Like can't be this way, you know? Oh yeah. Dude, I mean, it's going to be that way for everybody, right? I don't know. I, I don't like to think about it, but I think about it maybe too much, the whole existential, all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think, we'll see, I think it's, it's all going to happen. It's un- I think it's unhealthy to dwell on it for more than yeah. a healthy amount of time, but also equally as unhealthy to completely ignore it. Ignore you know? It, yeah. So yeah, I totally agree. Well, dude, let's take a little break and we'll come back and, uh, Dive a little deeper into this episode. Yeah, sounds good. Hello. I'm here to remind you to pick up the latest copy of Land of Ooh Geographic. This month, we did an article on the most beautiful truth of all, uh, the circle of life, where you explode out of your mother's egg sack, swiftly drift to your new home via silk parachute. You spin a web and create a life for yourself day by day, devouring all that comes your way. Until one day, you fall in love and have thousands of eight-legged babies of your own. You potentially get eaten by the one woman that you love most, who later poops you out and gives you back to the earth. As you once began, you have now become once again. And welcome back to the podcast from our very short break, actually. Oh, yeah. No, we really didn't do what we sometimes do. We go get a drink and all that. I think we're both in that mood of like, let's let's do the recording. Let's talk for a little bit. And, you know, I got some Pokemon I kind of want to play. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, I, I think, I mean, it is uh, while we're recording this, it is actually right before Christmas. It's going to come out mid-January. So yeah, uh, if we mention Christmas at all, apologies to the listeners because we're. Oh, I'm sure I'm like, dude, it, right? I am. Tomorrow is like first day off. We're gonna go fancy dinner with grandparents, then do a Christmas. Almost every day, from the 23rd to the 28th is like some sort of form of Christmas every Something's day, which on. is gonna yeah. be crazy. Uh, but man, I wanted to hit you guys with some spider facts that spider also. Facts. I thought kind of played into this episode pretty well. Yeah. Um, the first one is we already talked about, but kind of in a different light. Some some male spiders just want to be eaten. So they I think it's part eaten? of their evolutionary drive is not necessarily a sex drive, but it's like a desire of being like that's where their wow. evolutionary factor comes into play. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Obviously, uh, yeah, Ed does not that. want to be eaten. Uh, even though he gets it, the shit beat makes out of him. sense, right? Like maybe that's the what they're like final sacrifice for their kids or whatever is like yeah, yeah. a nutritious, healthy mule for the female spider to 
Yeah. I don't know. Look at that. Yeah, you just you you spun that in a lot more positive light than <laughs> I've heard before. You know. Well, that's the only way I can imagine it being. Uh, I don't know, positive, and also probably why it's innately like in their head, right? So that the wife, yeah, or the wife, <laughs> spider is getting married, man. Well, yeah, you know, uh, genetically, I mean, there's so many other animals that have like crazy genetic coding stuff that we yeah. just don't understand. Like same with just like so how can, that the mothers have the right nutrition in order to even be able to, you know, give birth to so many spiders. I don't even know. How, do you know how many spiders are born? I'm I mean, sure I, think it depends on the I think it's typically in the hundreds. Oh, gross. Like for, I don't know about each species, but there's definitely like a lot. Not like this <laughs> episode that. where you just have a fountain of black oozing spiders coming out yeah, of Yeah, I don't I don't think it's ever that extreme. But if you ever like if you want to go down a dark YouTube hole, type in spiders hatching and it's no, don't. no, no don't it's bad. do that. That's gotta be bad. Oh, it's like worse than the episode. Uh, spider fact number two, spiders can see what we cannot. They often or can have like UV and infrared vision, which is wow. why they are somewhat considered apex predators to a degree. Now, I guess not That's apex cool. predators, but highly skilled predators. Um, some tarantulas fling hair at their predators. Doesn't pertain to this episode, but I thought that was a cool fact. Yeah, do you know um, why is there is there a reason for that one or is that I think just, it's just I think it was just a defense some sort of defense mechanism. Okay. Um yeah. I'm sure I'm sure it's it's all defense and maybe the hairs smell poorly or <laughs> are, are poisonous or yeah, something. Or sharp or something like that. Um there was two other that pertain to this episode. Spiders can't chew. So I thought it was really funny when he was about to snack on the little fly as if it were like a little, you know, blueberry out the fridge. I was like, okay, that's interesting. Spiders can't chew, but that's why they actually uh, do wrap up their uh, prey in a like web sack, and they actually will um, their venom actually digests the uh, prey in the egg sack, and then they just suck that up. Which is very that interesting. That sucks. Yeah, yeah, that sucks, dude. Again such unnatural creatures and another reason to not be a fan of spiders. Yeah, just or be grateful that they're not bigger than they are. <laughs> yeah, they'd be <laughs> grateful at least we don't live in Australia. If any of our listeners live in Australia, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and then number four, spiders can work together. Oftentimes, spiders will get into like some communities and like if you ever see those huge webs that are like in trees that look like almost like bulbous things that spiders can kind of work communally on uh, catching prey and living together. And I was like, well, look at that. When Ed's over there griping about how he's yeah. the one that catches the food and she's not the one that catches the food, I was like, you can work together. This could be in your DNA, but you choose not yeah, to. Yeah, it's not just your food that has to be in cahoots because he gets all pissed off about uh, Finn and the bugs talking about trying to escape. And he's like, man... Yeah, I'll always be in cahoots making plans yeah, not to be, be food. <laughs> well, no, tell me because that makes me think even what you just said about, you know, he's kind of got like an urban lingo type thing, but you had some facts about the voice actor, right? Or certainly just know who the voice actor is. It's it's Bobcat Goldthway, which is a comedian from, I guess, the 80s probably is when Bobcat was like at the height of his popularity. But he's... 
He's a funny dude. Basically, he's kind of like an old uh, character comedian where he certainly goes into uh, kind of a bumbling, high pitch, uh, like, I don't know, spastic character. Okay. Um, but he, he's pretty funny and he would do a lot of late night stuff. And he's just been on, I mean, every late night host you could think of, he's been on their show before. But he's also been. And a bunch of different shows. He was in movies. He was in a Police Academy franchise, if you know that him from that. And I think our generation is probably going to be much more familiar with him from the Hercules movie. With uh, oh, he was totally. Uh, he was pain from pain. Hercules. Yeah, I was about to say. Oh, I like I recognize it. And as soon as you said Hercules, I was like, that's yeah. Pain's voice from Hercules. Totally. Yeah. So that's kind of where I, I guess, as a kid, knew Bobcat. But your parents definitely know who Bobcat is, and he was probably around a whole lot more than he is nowadays back in the 90s, you know? Or yeah, yeah. As I say, I mean, I like good 80s movies, but I still actually haven't knocked off Police Academy on my list of movies. No, me neither. Yeah. But he, he's good. He's, he's a funny guy. I mean, if you like stand-up comedy and have a, an appreciation for like kind of the uh, historical figures in American stand-up comedy from the past... 40, 50 years. I think he's one that at some point you should check out. Yeah. That's, that's a possibility. Need to need to sharpen my blade when it comes to Adventure Time references too. So Yeah, man. I go through phases where I get really into like one in the watch old stand up and stuff. And yeah. He he also comes on uh Harmon cast or Harmontown, the Dan Harmon podcast a good bit throughout the history of that podcast. And so Whenever he's on, you, you know you're in for a special episode. Yeah, but yeah, that's good. No, that's, I'm, cat. that's cool. Well, and it's funny because he he adds a lot of personality and character to yeah. Ed, where it could be otherwise missed or otherwise not as funny, even too. It's like, in interesting sense, that like, they chose that for him. Like, I feel like you know he's not a huge celebrity. He's not a crazy famous comedian, but it seems like that's a that's a big enough comedian for a more important role in a TV show than, I don't know. I, I, I think this episode to me just doesn't stand out as like a favorite episode. And I, I so really either. enjoy Bobcat. So I wish he was in a slightly better episode. Yeah. It's kind of like how Mark Hamill was the, um, was the voice of, was it the, the weird skeleton man from um, Wizards, I think, was Mark Hamill, or was it at the end of In Kyridian? Well, I know he was in when Finn was afraid of getting in the water. Yeah, that was him too. He was. Like, I think he was the demon at the end of In Kyridian, like the in the yeah. the last chamber too. So, like Mark Hamill got like really good spots and really you know episodes that are a little bit more loved than this one. Yeah. That's um, okay. Yeah, I, I'm curious. I'd love to know if anyone out there, like, really, for some reason, loves this episode. Let us know. I, you know, it's not bad. It's not a bad episode by any means. But yeah, yeah. Well, there's. I've got one more kind of like deep, deeper ish thought on this one because what I want to hear from our fans is more like there is a lot to unpack with Ed and Barb's relationship. There's a lot of, I think, ways that the ways that they fight can bring up a lot of like trauma that probably people have from unhealthy relationships. Um, so I'd love to hear other people's thoughts on this one big time. 
Russell will hit you with the travel log information at the very end. Uh, yeah. But the last thing I had to say kind of on it was it's a very, I do think that this episode is placed correctly. Um, probably despite what I said at the beginning of, of the podcast, it is placed really well that this is coming right off the tail end of Finn's little crush, super high, super in flame, exciting episode with flame princess where it's like a crush and he's being irrational and then it's this relationship kind of juxtaposes that this one is bringing into the adventure time universe somebody who's been in a long-term relationship which we really haven't seen as much uh, in terms of existing long-term husbands and wives um and you know what they're arguing about it to start the episode off they're just arguing about Hey, are you in a bad mood? He's like, no, I'm just tired. And she's like, well, why won't you talk to me? And he's like, I'm just tired. It seems like filler conversation, but that's like some of the most important thing I think the writers were throwing in here is that the stuff they're arguing about, like finding food. Here's yeah, how I provide for you, but you don't provide life. emotionally for me. But I, I do the webs, and we, you don't do your webs in front of me because you're embarrassed. And that's such like real you got to get into long relationships before you start having those kind of conversations. <laughs> and I think it's just funny yeah. that Finn's spitting advice after he just kind of fudged things up with Flame Princess. Oh, yeah, too. it was a total creep with Flame Princess and all yeah. that. I, I agree. No, totally. It's interesting to hear that. It's true. This is one of the few, if not the first long-term relationship that we've come across in this show. I I can't really think of, I'm sure there's another one, but I can't for the life of me think of what it would be. And I mean, next episode, it, we get another short-term relationship, or maybe it's going to be a long-term relationship. But Yeah, so next week we're getting PT. into the beginning of Rick Tree Trunks and Mr. Pig's relationship. <laughs> and that is, it's a common theme that obviously sticks with the writers, yeah. Because as Pig and, uh, we won't get into it too much, but as Pig and Tree Trunks yeah. relationship grows, they have similar conversations as Ed and Barb just had. Like very arguing to, about stupid shit and minutiae and things like that. I'm going to have to try so hard next week to not yuck any yums. It's going to be so hard not to do that. I feel like I'm already <laughs> Dude, yucking yuck, yums on this episode. Yuck your yums on whatever you want to yuck them on. No, man. no, I don't want to yuck anyone's yums, you know? Let everybody be who they want to be in their <laughs> relationships. But don't eat your husband, please. If, if there's a lesson in this episode for me, it's you shouldn't eat your husband. Actually, one of my lessons, if we're, uh, if, if we're kind of wrapping things up, we're only, at, you know, shorter than our typical, but um, I don't want to like, you know, beat a dead horse by just, yeah, just talking about their relationship or anything. Uh, only other thing before I get into lessons is it is pretty epic how Finn spits in a bird's eyes and catches it in his hand. We had to mention that at least once. It's pretty That epic. was totally like the last thing I had to talk about as well, other than the <laughs> vertical trampoline that is the giant spider web. Uh, and I'm like, what are trampolines if not just platforms for spiders to build webs on? But <laughs> I, I totally agree. Like, I don't know how he nailed so many birds. There's just enough birds going through that right path for him to shoot them down with his spit and his spit has some sort of a paralysis like i don't know I something so. in it that yeah. just knocks him out i mean for this bird he basically blinds it right and then it just goes numb and just passes out and falls straight to him 
But then that other bird that flew by, that might have been my biggest laugh of the episode. <laughs> when he's like, the bird flying by. What does he say? He's like, what the what? Or something like that. <laughs> what the remember. what? I didn't write it down. <laughs> but it, it cratched me up. I was like, okay, that's that's good. What is happening? And even Finn admits that it's a dumb plan. He even is just like, look, I got a stupid plan, but like we're gonna give it a go, right? Let's let's give it our best shot. I mean, um, shoot, dude, you've got, got some all hang, the powers dude. in the world with a stretchy dog next to you, but if you're stuck, I mean, at least Finn is resourceful enough to do. I, that's where I like applaud Finn in his like I don't know never give up mentality. It's like he could have just been like Jake, wake up, I need your help, but he just figures out the only plan he can do, which is spitting at birds, and he does it twenty odd times until he gets <laughs> yeah. he nails it, you know. And it yeah, was going to work. Had Barb not showed up, it would have worked. It might have worked eventually, yeah. I, I think no one needs to have fingernails as long as Finn had at the beginning of this episode. That was so gross. And well, why do you think in Five were? Short Grables on Finn's list of things to do in Five Short Grables, the last episode was cut fingernails. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. That's a nice little canonical nice, Yeah, nice little full episode circle. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also enjoy talking about things that paid off. And this episode, at the very least, you have Ed kind of complaining. And, and they're going back and forth, Ed and Barb, about her dysfunctional. But, you know, I do love that that paid off. Like, there's a reason she either, you know, because she does not want to be gross in front of Ed, but also she straight up has an issue that is she's pregnant and has a ton of spiders back there. And the spiders are backing her up as she's yeah. Going as you saw to, the the webs thing in her butt was like tied up, so oh, obviously yeah. she wasn't going to produce web. Well, she ends up giving birth right when she has Finn held down against the rock, and then she goes to spin web to tie him up, and that's when she starts becoming in an agony and goes through birth of all her so kids. Do you, like, do you think, a theoretically speaking, is that because she wasn't? spinning web in front of ed that this was like two years of backed up baby spiders <laughs> i don't know <laughs> like, I don't like she could have given birth that. like two years before that but they just weren't spinning web in front of each other maybe don't i i feel like most spiders that i know of at least have spider eggs right or spider sacks yeah they, that they, they lay spin the sacks, into little web they don't circles. explode out of them for the most yeah. part gosh that would suck i you know i'm sure any woman who's given birth would say, uh, or any person that's given birth would probably say, it feels like it's exploding out of you. But I don't know, man. Just, <laughs> I don't uh, know. Yeah, I, I cannot. I'm not. I, I cannot and will not speak to that because there's no. only old criticism that will come my way for that. Ed's reaction though is so great when that happens. He's just like, okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> interesting. What? My wife's heart just exploded. (laughs) Here's the other thing that I would deem as a potential toxicity in their relationship is, um, you know, Ed's Ed's trounced into the woods and he does mention that all their other friends have kids and we don't have kids. And um, he just has Barb. Yeah. Yeah. So he he obviously does want kids. However, you know, she's super emotional and they play on the joke that, you know, she was really mean and was like, I'm going to eat you. And, was hostile towards him because she was pregnant. Um, but did she know? Did she know she was pregnant? Did she know she was going to have babies? And she just oh, wasn't telling Ed because that would also introduce like, 
the fifth level of toxicity in that relationship. Look, their communication was so broken down to the point that she didn't even feel comfortable saying like, oh, we're pregnant. Like, yeah, oh, yeah that's exactly. interesting. I, I didn't think about that. Even because that because of all their other, I mean, same thing, you know, probably how we deal with it in, in our society is that like half the times people are like, all of our friends are having kids and thus I want kids. And then other kind of how we feel is like we're, all of our friends are having kids and thus we do don't want kids. You know, yeah, like I'm not ready for that. Like, I'm not ready can't for do so. anything. They got to stay at home and take care of a child. But yeah, maybe that's what I like. Maybe I Ed was, was, uh, putting off like all of our other friends have kids. And so Barb took that as him going, I don't want kids. When in its real essence, he was like, I do want kids. And so they just weren't communicating it enough to like, be like, hey, like, let's start a family. Yeah. I do think Jake summarizes it really great at the end there. Love like theirs will always find a way to crawl all over you and drain you of body fluids, poisoning you slowly until you pass out. <laughs> I know that was my, that was my tops of the episode. Was Is it? That's Jake's great. line at the end. Yeah. It was because that, that's, that goes Circle into life, the, baby. the lesson, the deeper lesson is, I mean, dude, like love's, it's tough. It's something to work on. And it's not as simple as just getting each other gifts to just like, you know, they needed to talk. They did not need to exchange gifts at that point. They needed to work out their issues, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, but totally. what are your, what are your lessons? Let's, let's, well, let's wrap my that lesson up. Was straight up. You shouldn't eat your husband. That's my only lesson <laughs> from this episode. Uh, I had three. First okay. one is swords make shitty gifts. True. Uh, lightsabers make great great gifts. Swords make shitty gifts. <laughs> Debatable. Uh, it, second one was if you make her mad, she will eat you. So uh, don't make her mad. Don't make her or mad. Or at least don't be an asshole when she does get mad at you. Uh, the last on the more serious note, I said more than anything, like learn your red flags like for relationships, like I'm sure like whatever they were dealing with in the past, like, or whatever they're dealing with now in the past, it was still bad. I'm sure their communication wasn't great in the past if this is how they behave now. So I don't know that don't ignore those red flags and don't just go, Hey, the next phase of life, just having kids is going to be what's going to get us through because, or, or, Hey, if we, I mean, if we just graduate college, if we can get there, everything will be fine. But everything up until that point's toxic, then like you just gotta see those flags early. I can imagine Ed and Barb's relationship was uh not great from the beginning. Yeah. Possible very possibly so. Ned, do you have a lovely though? Um, I did have well, I told you it was the little purple bug. It was okay. So we had the same lovely. Yeah, that was my lovely this week too. Well, we actually had a theoretically speaking, or sorry, not a theoretically speaking, a traveler's, a traveler's log, log segment. Yeah, so I guess we'll do that real fast as we're wrapping up. Uh, Kayla, who's written in the past, and she actually is a, a part of a Discord that we're a part of um, through like, there's a really large Adventure Time account. They have a Discord, and we have a, a little channel on there, but occasionally talk on it if you're interested in a discord we don't have one of our own yet maybe that's the best way to start but anyways kayla says one of my least favorite episodes is in this season actually and then in parentheses i hate spiders so much so clearly talking about this episode (laughs) unless there's another spider episode in which case like 
I might be done. We might be done with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Yeah, you keep, keep talking. I'm going to double check. Yeah. I think this is probably the only one. Kayla continues. <laughs> you actually have to check. Uh, overall, my thoughts for season four would be the same as Ned, as in season four is when Adventure Time's story really takes root and starts developing a lot. When uh, when we get a lot of good episodes this season that are constantly on my rewatch list, so really loves this season. On my third watch through the show, season four is when I realized that I really don't like Princess Bubblegum, like at all. There are a few episodes this season that made me question if she was a good person, but you both already touched on that on like the very first episode review, which is what got me hooked on your podcast. Heck yes. Uh, but I, dig- I digress, says Kayla. Very excited for this season four review. Keep up the amazing work. P.S. Hey, Ned, I know there isn't really a water elemental for the fans in parentheses, but wouldn't you consider the canyon a water elemental? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I guess so. That canyon could be a water elemental and like her people. But if we're getting into like true Adventure Time lore that, you know, in, in our world, there's earth, wind, or earth, air, fire, and water. And love, in that, heart. And, and ooh, heart. there's candy, slime, ice, and fire. And yeah, there's like a lot of other things. Like, yeah, like we could say uh, fern is a grass elemental, but grass is not really an element in the universe. So yes, yes and no. I agree with you, but... Oh. I'm going to stick with, like, Adventure Time canon on that one, I guess. And Ned, who's Fern? Oh, don't worry about it. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Travelers, for joining us this week. Um, Ned, do you have any recs for us for moving on into next week? I'm not sure if I have a rec for this week. Um, I'm playing a lot of Call of Duty. I'd okay. say it's it's the better Call of Duty that's come out in the last few years um, that I think of. So uh, my recommendation is getting in with a couple boys, dropping in, dropping into the war zone, and playing some Call of Duty. Or girls. Or girls. I don't know, man. Who plays Call of Duty these days? Really? I don't. I know. I'm I, that's my clinging to my childhood. <laughs> Dude, do it. Do it. I'm playing Pokemon. So like I'm not any like cooler in any way when it comes to video games. Uh I don't even know like what the cool video game is nowadays, right? Like I it can't be Overwatch or um uh Fortnite Fortnite's still Fortnite's going been strong. taken over by like five year olds. Yeah. It's well it's definitely like the most accessible, most played game out there for that's sure. True. Well, my rec this week, I'm going to go quick through this because I have way too much I could talk about it, but it's Candle Nights. If you don't know what Candle Nights is, it's it's a pan-religious, pan-sexual, personal pan-pizza winter holiday celebrated by the My Brother, My Brother, Me podcast. It started uh, and ends whenever you want it to at any time. It Basically, you're creating your own holiday in a way, and it's celebrated by everybody differently. The way... We've kind of gone about it. They do a yearly Candle Night celebration in their hometown of, um, I don't know, it's in West Virginia, but I'm drawing a blank of what their hometown is. But every like year, they do a Candle Nights episode. And I just, it's just become like a fun tradition, whether you actually watch their thing or not, which 
to be entirely honest with y'all, like, you know, there's no reason to. But what's fun about it is you just kind of make it your own thing, make it your own night. And though there are certain mascots like Star King or Rock and Randy, the Safe Sex Santa, or Terry, the <laughs> non-denominational gift-giving dragon, you ever see those, like, for whatever reason, there are sometimes, like, those inflatable dragons that people also do, in, like, including with Santa and reindeers and stuff like that. Every now and then you'll find a dragon, and it's just like, why is, what is Christmassy about that? So they decided to create that as one of their mascots. <laughs> but... The way that me and Allie do it, if you are curious about building on our personal traditions, is we first have to do a miracle, uh, and it can just be done at any point during the day. So you have to perform a miracle, uh, perform the play of Candle Nights, which there isn't one, so you improvise a play of Candle Nights. Uh, You have personal pan pizzas, unless you aren't feeling it, Bailey's drinks, chocolate chip cookies, and one of those has to be offered at the Star King. You go ice skating, which is optional. Uh, Telltales are the fourth brother because there are only three brothers. Make a list, which could just be... I don't know why that's on there, but you just do it. You just got to make a list. The dinner, dinner ceremony, Ned. I know you're very intrigued by... <laughs> no, I'm listening. I'm listening. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird thing. But uh, the dinner ceremony, which we did the other night at Village Pub, was find a flower. When you pick it up, say a bright candle nights to all. Get dinner, make drinks while listening to Jimmy Buffett. Uh, you light a candle... Say what you are least thankful for, but still sort of thankful for. Say cheers one too many times. Take a gulp and describe the nodes. Rip it and rip it. Spin before you eat. Offer one cookie up the Star King. Lick your plate and say a bright candle nights indeed. Then pack your bags and move away, which is a little insider joke from the podcast. But regardless, every year we add a new tradition to... The ceremony. Oh, I was about to say, I was like, dang, how are y'all get all that done in one day? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the do a miracle bit is kind of like, I jokingly said this year, I had to use the restroom, CMI, I guess, but I was like, it'll be a miracle if I'm back here in 30 minutes. And uh, <laughs> that was my miracle for that. You made it in 2930. <laughs> made it in 2930. That was my miracle for this candle nights. But it's it's really fun. It's really great. Like, you know, we're religious, but at the same time, it is really fun having like a fake holiday thing that is well, just yeah, your just, own. It's yeah, like a it's a Christmas tradition of hey, like let's just make our own traditions. You yeah, know? this this night is like a weird fake I don't know, addition to the holiday season. Yeah. I think that's fun. I'm we'll figure out we we just do a big us two Christmas night. Um yeah, that's great. Where we say we're not going to have friends, we're not going to do guest dinners, we're not going to have any other family there, and we're just going to do our own thing. So that's all. But that's what we're doing mm. Friday. Sounds like a candle night, maybe, Ned. <laughs> kind of, yes. All right. Well, if you need my list, if you need me to send you all this stuff and you want to start doing this, just let me know. Dude, take one down, pass it around. 99 <laughs> bottles of, of beer on the wall. Anyways... Thank you all for sticking around through all of this if you're still here. Uh, check us out on Instagram at Neverending Adventure Podcast, TikTok at Neverending Adventure Cast, Twitter at NEA underscore podcast. Email us if you want to get on that Traveler's Log like Kayla. Thank you so much for emailing in uh, the Traveler's Log segment once again, by the way, uh, at at gmail.com. And I've, I've been Russell, Ned. I'm assuming you've been Ned. Yeah, for the most part, for the most for the part. most part, 
we'll be back again next week, giving you uh, even more bad relationship advice uh, about <laughs> a relationship that I thought I would care a lot more about, but you know, we'll get into it. Mr. Pig, yeah, he spelled me a little bit. He spelled <laughs> me a little Pig. bit. Mr. Pig, yeah, we'll get into it. We've got, I've got many things to say about it. It'll be a good one. Yeah. All right. Party forever. I right, love you guys.